You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Hey, welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Karen Gibis, along with my co-host... Father Brian Christensen. And we are here in Rapid City broadcasting from the Cathedral of Our Lady Perpetual Help in a very comfortable, very warm, lovely office compared to the snow outside. Our broadcast booth high above high. 520 Cathedral Drive, Rapid City. We're getting a good view this high up of the weather, huh? Yeah, I feel like we're like the eye in the sky. The streets are clear and... The traffic's moving fine. We can see the hospital across the way and pray for those who are working there and those who are patients and the families that are there all the time on our minds. All the time. Well, Father, before the break, I said I was going to be talking to you. Here we are. We're still talking. We're still talking. (laughs) After the break. So last month when we had our show, um, we started in on what I guess we'll call a part one, a part one of the... Uh, discussion about how we are no longer in the Christendom age, but have moved into the apostolic mission. And we touched briefly on some uh, ways in which we can put that into an active discipleship in our in our community. But I thought it would be great if we could talk more about what that looks like on a practical level. I mean, we, we all have grandiose ideas about, I'm going to go out and I'm going to share and I'm going to do. But we have very few actual ideas in which we can practically bit by bit take with us into the world. So can you give our listeners maybe just a brief summary of what we talked about last month? Sure. And then we can move into part two. Yeah, you know, we're I'm whole cloth, you know, stealing from Monsignor Jim Shea and his work at the University of Mary. You know, he's the president up there and released this fantastic book from Christendom to Apostolic Mission, which is really um, being widely used across um, our listening area. I know that for sure. Mm -hmm. Different dioceses of Sioux Falls and... um, and up in Bismarck as well, across the diocese of priests and lay people are gathering to read and to, to study this book. And it's a very thin book, right? It uh, is. It's a very thin book. It, so, um, But it's densely packed with some really powerful ideas. I mean, I'm looking at it right now, 94 pages. And, and you'd think, what can he say? What can he say in 94, 94 pages? pages? But uh, Monsignor can get a lot of words out he and a can. lot of ideas in a short period of time. So I um, just want to give a lot of thanks to, to Monsignor Shea and the work of the University of Mary up there in Bismarck um, and the Holy Spirit. Because I think he's able to articulate in this book called From Christendom to Apostolic Mission, Pastoral Strategies for an Apostolic Age, um, some great um, vision, right? He Mm -hmm. wants us to help us to see the way things truly are, right? Um, One of the things that uh, we're called to do as Christians is see the signs of the time, read the signs of the times. Right. Um, And not be mistaken, not be confused by that, but see clearly. And this um, book uh, has done that for me and for many to help us to see something that we sense, right? That we sense what's going on here in the world today and what's my role as a Christian because oftentimes we can become very discouraged about the world around us. Um, I even hear people say that they're they're frustrated, angry, saddened. Um, What can I do? What can I do? How can I... How can I do something, something. As, for Christ? Right. And when you first look at the title of the book and you think, well, this has got to be just for the priests. This has just got to be for the church leaders. This has just got to be for those of ministry, active ministry 
within your parish. It's not. No, no. I, like you said, Karen, I, the, the book is for every um, faithful Catholic mm-hmm. uh, in the world today um, because we all have our role to play in the body of Christ. Right. right? And we all have our mission field, if you will. You know, um, and for many of us, it's our families. First and foremost is the mission field, maybe the most challenging mission (laughs) mission field of all, Um, but also our workspaces, where we go to school, um, the places where we hang out with other families in sports or theater or recreation. Even where you get your daily coffee. Even where you get your daily coffee, for sure. You know, those kind of conversations that you have and you built up relationships with mm-hmm. the, the person in your local grocery store, at the local cafe, wherever. Like, you know these people and they too need the good news of the gospel, right? right? Um, and so, so just on the background of that is, one, we need a renewal of our mind, right? You're looking at St. Paul saying, we can't be conformed to this age, but we need to be renewed. And he really has this idea of having this, real vision uh, of of the apostolic age, this vision of building the kingdom like our uh, the first disciples, the men and women who first followed Jesus and went out. We, As we read in this Easter season every day, I'm always so inspired by the early church and the challenges that they face both from within, right? right. Their own divisions and challenges and seeking and from without, without. from the, you know, from the Jewish yeah. authorities or the Roman authorities. They were getting hit all around. All around. Like for today, you know, you know, Peter and, you know, and John are just released from prison. They're flogged in the, <laughs> in the actually the apostles today. They're flogged and said, don't go out, go back, but don't teach in the name of Jesus anymore. And we hear they're described in the Acts of the Apostles of rejoicing yep. as they leave this, you know, totally unjust and un, you know, merited, you know, really torment, you right. know, torment. And then to go back and we hear how they boldly continue to preach and to live the gospel. I like that word, boldly. Boldly, boldly. Yeah, I mean, because I think we're, you know, we have a little timidity. Yep. How do you say that? Right. Timidness? Timidity? 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 Timidity. <laughs> Get your thesaurus out, Christensen. Um, so <laughs> Reaching for the phone, helping father out. Helping out. So, um, yeah, we're very timid in our sharing of the gospel. You know, again, today in the Acts of the Apostles, as if you read the daily reading from this Friday, you hear that they both, you know, proclaim the gospel and live the gospel in the temple area and in their homes. Yeah. That there was an integrity of life. That they weren't one way in the worshiping faithful community and another way at home. At home. They had this constant faith in Christ. centered right. on A life centered on Jesus. Well, and I like the idea that not only, I mean, we think, well, we're living our Catholic faith. We're living the gospel. We, in, and that's great. Inside our own individual sphere. Uh, you know, our world, the people we touch, it's great that we live our faith. It's great that we're that example to the world, but we have to proclaim it. That's right. part of what it is, that the living out your baptism and your confirmation. You know, and that's, that's, the, that's the challenge. I mean, popes have been asking us to do this for a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, St. Uh, Pope Paul VI, you know, um, go out and sh- proclaim the gospel. Um, John Paul II, for sure, kind of coining that phrase the new evangelization yep. you know um that um the gospels you know the same gospel but proclaimed in new and dynamic ways and lived in new and dynamic ways in our age and we have to figure out how we do that so when you say it needs to be a new and dynamic way in our age what is different about our current age right now as opposed to say 500 years ago 
Yeah, well, let me go back to the to Monsignor Shea's insight, and he takes up uh, a theme from uh, Venerable Fulton Sheen, um, who says that Christendom is dead, right? Christendom and dead, and this is the quote that he has: "We are at the end of Christendom." Now, this is Archbishop Fulton Sheen, not of Christianity, not of the Church, but of Christendom. And so, what he says, what do we mean by Christendom? We mean that the world view, the general way in which society works and sees. Right, this imaginative vision, this way, this this world view that it's based on Christian principles. Even though everyone may not be living a Christian life, but the Western world and many parts of the world had adopted gospel values of certain things of freedom there were and equality. There was expectations in the society, and so so the culture was was imbued with that. Um, and you know, we would see just kind of an obvious example was rest on the Sabbath. So yes. like people respected throughout the Western world for a long time, um, rest on Sundays and that it was a day of worship and day of prayer, day of recreation for families and that work was not done there. So, um, so that was kind of a part of that Christendom culture, that vision of the world, even though people sometimes, right, worked yep. on Sundays and ignored those things. But generally that's what was expected. The that stores were closed. The stores the, were closed. You know, or, you know, the, you would not have to go out and work for your the man or lord or whatever yeah. on, on the Sunday. And exactly, you would have a day yeah. off in which to worship God. And, you, and know, rest. you say 500 years ago, but really that in many, many communities in our listening area, many of our listeners still will remember those yeah. kind of things, you know, it's called blue laws, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you right. know, these things, uh, stores uh, closed uh, on Sundays or up until noon. And, and finally, these things have eroded. I um, mean, so the Christendom was these principles that were working. But as uh, Fulton Sheen does, says, and as Monsignor Shea uh, echoes for us, um, is that that's not, that's not the world we live in. And and um, we can expect the culture, whether that's arts and entertainment, the theater, the movies, songs, that the, the culture is imbued with Christian principles, the gospel principles, nor are our economic you know, kind of dealings are going to be all based on Christian principles, nor is our education system, our public education system going to be. Yes. Ed- so our political and government systems are not going to. So, um, those that sense that we live in a in a in an age where Christian principles are there, that's what's dead. The church is alive, right? right? Christianity is alive. Christ is alive and working in the world, but the world now has abandoned what it had once um, embraced, and that's the idea of a new evangelization. Is to now we can expect our public authorities in education, in commerce, in the arts and entertainment to to share the gospel, right? Right. To live by gospel principles. Um, and we got, one of the things is we have to stop beating our heads against it and complaining about it, right? Because Ex- we have this expectation. We're still living in like it's a Christian society. We still have society. the idea yeah. that we live in a Christian society that with Christian principles. And so when we don't see it, we don't see it on the news. We don't read it in the papers. We don't see it in our schools. Yeah, there's now, an emotional reaction. Now we're like, what is going on in the world? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so then we get, that's where we get that frustration. That's where we get the sadness. That's where we get the resignation or discouragement. That's where we even get angry and anxious. Right. Like, okay, but, right? So the call is in the new evangelization and the call to be, to live this apostolic vision is that, we have to see this world as the first apostles, the first disciples saw it, 
And that sounds like overwhelming, but yet look where they, they started with and look where they came to. There's hope. Yeah, no, there's tremendous hope out there. There's tremendous hope out there. And so what do, how, how do we face it? One, it's a change of our mindset. We need to see that we don't live in Christendom, that we live in the apostolic age. We live in a secular, materialistic, yeah. um, and you know, to use kind of traditional language, pagan society, society that don't know Jesus Christ, don't live by gospel values. And when we come back from the break here, um, we'll go into some of the ways that we can, one, have that renewal of mind, but also in practical ways as men and women, as families in Christ. How do we live that out day in and day out? That sounds great. Well, stay tuned with us here on Real Presence Live. We will be right back after a brief break. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. S.J. Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, S.J. Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. S.J. Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Speak life. I am 10, 10 weeks old. I made it to double ditches. This week I have a real chin, and the curly shells in my ears are fully developed. I can twist my arms and legs all around now because I have these amazing things called joints. My heart has really picked up the beat and is nearly done forming. It is being three times as fast as yours, Mom and Dad. When excited you grapes, hold one in your hand. I study it. That's how big I am. Written by Allison Updahl. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back to Real Presence Live. I am Karen Gibas along with... Father Brian Christensen. And we are... Where are we, Father? We are here high above our broadcast booth at Our Lady of Perpetual Help cathedral in rapid city south dakota i feel like we should have like like a plaque on the wall in your office that says you know broadcasting booth or something somebody on air somebody asked me uh you know a couple weeks ago said so where are you broadcasting from high above (laughs) i said well high (laughs) is relative we're on the second floor (laughs) 
<laughs> you thought maybe floor. you were up in the cathedral tower, bell tower right? up there, the, which oh, would be pretty cool. Oh, my goodness. We need to get a feed if, up there. If we can get internet up there, I'm all for that. Because you could look out on the whole city from up there. We it's really amazing. could have yeah. eyes in the sky. We could eyes in the sky. We'd have to kick out a few pigeons on a few, but... Uh, I, I'm okay with... I mean... <laughs> I'm a farm kid. I can handle a little pigeon interesting. Uh-huh. No, the, the, our guys did a great job cleaning it up last year, so uh, we're good to go. We're good to go. That would be so. If if father changes now, okay, listeners. If father changes instead of high above, he's super high above. Super high above. We'll be up in the bell tower. You'll know we'll be in the bell tower. <laughs> Turn the volume down if we're broadcasting up there, just in case the Angelus goes off or something. <laughs> That'd be really great. Oh, so well, we are talking about uh, from Christendom to the Apostolic Mission, the book uh, put out by the University of Mary by Monsignor Shea, and we were talking before the break about how we have to change our mindset about how we are perceiving society and how. And I like how you said that we we can lead into anger. This this perception of society that is not Christian. We know society is not Christian. We know it's not going to promote our Christian values. We know it's not going to have any support for us. We should know. We We should should know. know. And it leads us to anger because we don't know every time. We we still have those expectations at certain things. And I have to admit that there's times where I, I look at society and I think, are you kidding me? Right. Like, why would you even want to instigate that level of, of fear, that level of drama in society right now? And yet, that's what they, that's the work of the devil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's trying to, trying to divide us, or he's trying to put a wedge between Christ and his church and us. Sure. No, and you know the you know some these the some of the principles at work in the world, right? Jesus clearly tells us, you know, you're not of the world, you're in, in the, the world. world, you know, mm-hmm. and we're not to conform ourselves to this age. And um, St. Paul kind of contradicts or kind of opposes the flesh, right? Going yeah. to things, earthly things, uh, or the things of the spirit, heavenly things. And set your, th- set your thoughts on the things that are above, not the things that are below. And the culture, right? Our society in which we live in the Western world, and whether that's in North America or in parts of Europe, uh, you know, right. and many places, it has gone to this very materialistic um, hedonistic, in other words, yeah. seeking our own comfort, our own pleasures, um, uh, and then an abandonment of kind of natural law yep. uh, and, you know, that my will, right, mm-hmm. my desires determine the world in which I live in, you know, which is so contrary to the givenness right. of creation and redemption in, in Christ. So we change our mindset. Now we've changed our mindset and we realize we are in the world, not of the world, that we need to live our Catholic faith, but we also need to proclaim sure. our Catholic faith. What does that look like? I mean, we all know if you're a, a faithful practicing Catholic, we already have an idea of how we should be living our faith. Yeah. But very few of us have a uh, confidence to go out and proclaim it. Right. Um, just just the little transition part that you were there. Okay, we accept that. That's a hard part. Too, right? I accept that I live in an apostolic age. I accept that the world around me, like in the first century, is not Christian. And so um, Christ has given me and you and each and every one of baptized Christians the mission to go and to proclaim the gospel to every 
every corner of the earth, to the ends of the earth. So go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. Teach them everything I have shared with you and baptize them, immerse them into this life of, of the Trinity. So I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, so the, the apostles were given this mission. Mm-hmm. I, that's where you get the apostolic mission yes. part of. And they, they had to go. They had to walk. They had to physically go to the ends of the earth. We have the blessing of EWTN worldwide. We have the blessing of um, podcasts, Mm -hmm. the internet, though it's a curse in itself. We have utilized it to be a blessing to reach the ends of the earth. In a way, should our job be easier to reach the ends of the earth? Is it? Well, you know what? As much as we can can do these things and take advantage of the 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 media um which is you know the church encourages us to to do all these things um i think personal witness and relationship is always going to be the key wait so you're saying we're supposed to go to the ends of the earth right Mm -hmm. and i think maybe we mistakenly think that's the really big picture but we need to bring it in yeah so we're each given a particular mission field right saint paul had a Huge mission field. Overwhelming. An seemingly overwhelming mission field, which he went about only because he followed the promptings of Christ and the Holy Spirit, right? Right. That's where the Holy Spirit led him. For most of us, like, my mission field is not the whole diocese of Rapid City. That's the bishop's problem. (laughs) (laughs) That's his mission field. My mission field is this area here uh, of the cathedral parish boundaries, I mean, not just the Catholics within the cathedral parish boundaries, but every oh, human soul here is, uh, I'm called as to be the shepherd to lead them to Christ. And your parishioners are called to assist you with exactly. that. Exactly. We're in this together, you know. And so the priest and his people, as the manifestation of the body of Christ right here in this geographical location, mm-hmm. this is our mission field. And then now you can take it down again, right? So um, then these these Catholics living in this neighborhood, they can kind of say, yeah, this is our area, or I'm involved in this soccer team, or I'm involved in this dance uh, club. Now right. this becomes part of my particular mission field. And then you kind of bring it back down again. And this is my family. This is my household, right? And this is where the, the mission is lived out most particularly. And for many of our listeners, they're married, and so their spouses oh. are are the primary okay. primary calling to share, share the, gospel the gospel with my spouse, with my wife, right, with my so husband. When you break it down like that, it isn't as overwhelming as you think because you're already in your comfort zone in a lot of these situations. You're already your life is already flowing in a schedule. You've already got some type of security in which you are in your environment. So how do we take that? environment, those um, aspects of our, either to your spouse, then into your family, then into your community. What are some real practical ways in which you can, as an individual, do that without getting outside of, say, that comfort zone right off the bat? Right. I mean, I think we're, I think we're always going to be stretched even with my spouse. You know, I do marriage preparation here and then visit with couples throughout their, their years of marriage and um, getting them, you know, to have a regular prayer life both individually, right, their relationship with God, and then together as a couple. So we have this beautiful book. It's called A Prayer Book for Engaged Couples. I go over it with the couples, do the first session with them, kind of awkward here uh, <laughs> in the broadcast booth, uh, high above <laughs> Cathedral Drive. But, um, but, 
but most of them will say, you know, as they go through that, that this life of prayer, that relating to God, the love of God, and sharing their love in, in this intimate way, because these are two very intimate relationships. My relationship right. with God, whom I trust and tell things that I don't tell most people, and then sharing that with my fiance or my spouse, um, I need this intimacy grows, this love grows. But yeah. yeah. So, so it's like you need to put on your own oxygen mask. Exactly. Yeah. Put on your own oxygen mask before you're going to set out. Because prayer. what, what do we say? Yeah. What do we say? We, we, no one gives what he doesn't have. No right. So my so relationship with God with growing, start with prayer. You know, uh, I often say that prayer is that oxygen of my daily life, the breath that I mm-hmm. breathe. And without prayer, I'm going to suffocate in my spiritual life. Well, and it's hard to hear the promptings of the Lord, to be moved by the Holy Spirit, to act. I mean, we're not even talking about the acting on it when prompted, but just to hear it if you've not quieted your mind and your heart in prayer. Right. So, I mean, it seems so basic, but we want to jump out and find strategies and options, but really first and foremost, my being deeply rooted and, and, and convicted in my relationship with Jesus Christ through the life of prayer, um, both my personal life of prayer, but also with my spouse. And then now I extend that to my, my family, right? How do yeah. we pray as a family? We pray at meals. We pray in the evening. We um, pray while we're driving to school or, or going on vacation. And, um, and we keep God always at the center of our lives. It doesn't take extra time, no. really. It's a rearrangement of my time. Exactly. Right? It's changing of that mindset. It's a changing of my mindset. Um, and so those, those are kind of the basic aspects of, of that. Um, but also, too, as a family now, as a couple, um, I want to reach out to other couples and other families. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Right? Now we're kind of getting into that uncomfortable and Now zone. we're pushing. <laughs> now that's part of my mission field. We have these good friends. Yeah. They're either tepid Catholics, right? They're yeah. kind of Easter, Christmas, maybe. Um, they're not really Ash engaged. <laughs> oh, definitely Ash Wednesday and Palm Sunday. You got to get your palms. Yeah. Um, but... But yeah, maybe they're tepid Catholics, or, or maybe they're just fallen away Catholics, or maybe they're not going to church at all. They're good people. Right. We, we relate. Our kids play sports together. We're at the same school. We're on the PTA. You see. You see the value of what they their lives. They, they just need that little extra push. But they don't have a relationship with Christ, you know, and they don't have this foundation in Christ. They don't have a hope in Christ. They don't have the direction that a relationship with Christ brings. So what do I do? What do I do? Do I just go knock on their door and I'm like, hey, you need to come to church with me. Let's go. Well, you know what? Oftentimes that's our first thought. I got to get them to mass. Oh. I got to take them to mass. So Will you come not, to mass with me? Is that the wrong move? Not necessarily. It's a it good depends. instinct. It's, it's a good instinct. But we'll come back oh. after the break. Because right? what's good for me might not be good for them. Yeah. So we're going to say like, the Mass is the source and summit of our Christian faith. Um, it's, the, it's the greatest mystery of our faith that God manifests himself in and, word and sacrament. Right. And this is the way that he nourishes those who are already initiated. So, they, so they're, it's nourishing me it's because nourishing I'm right us. there. But that may not be the place to be, bring the uninitiated. <laughs> and after the break, we'll talk a little bit about where do we kind of begin with those who are first encountering Christ or those who are encountering Christ again for the first time. Excellent. Well, stay tuned with us. We'll be right back. Father Brian and I are broadcasting here from the Cathedral of Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Rapid City, South Dakota, and we will be right back. 
This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. I grew up in a a very uh, faith-filled home. It wasn't Catholic, but very faith-filled. And uh, But when I got to college, I had a lot of questions, asked a lot of questions, didn't really get answers, and, and would say I became more of an agnostic. Um, you know, as I then uh, moved out to Seattle, I was really, really searching. And um, But then, you know, all through my life, everything was always compared to the Catholic Church. It was, it was everything and the Catholic Church. And, and so I just really felt the need to... Um, to look into that, and I had a catechism of the Catholic Church, uh, so I, you know, that was a great resource, and and spent a lot of time reading through that. So yeah, asked a lot of questions, um, had a lot of questions about the church as an authority, especially, and and being able to rely on that um, truth. How can we know truth? Where is the truth? Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancements for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through Plan Giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Today's Real Presence Live broadcast on the Real Presence Radio Network is brought to you in part by Rose Management, affordable housing provided, serving North Dakota and Minnesota, 701-237-6840 or rosemanagement.net. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back to Real Presence Live. I am Karen Gibis along with Father Brian Christensen, and we are broadcasting not super high. Second story high. Second story high. Second story high, but always high enough. High enough. Always high with Jesus in yep. this Easter season. Wow. He is risen. Alleluia. Yes, and we are having a great conversation, Father. I absolutely love when we have these unscripted conversations because this is what it should be like yeah no i mean we're we're really trying to live and to share the gospel here you know you and i you know exploring this together and then sharing it with our listeners who i'm very grateful that are with us this morning so it doesn't always flow beautifully when you're trying to invite someone even inside your family circle, and if you talk out into your neighborhood circle, and you start reaching out into a f- further out into your mission field. Yeah, right. 
<laughs> so, yeah, so we've been, we're talking about, you know, being missionary disciples, right? This is a yeah. common thing in this new evangelization of sharing the gospel. You know, the gift that we have been given in Christ Jesus, the one who gives us peace, who gives us joy, who gives us meaning and clarity in life. You know, I, I often say to people, I said, it's hard enough every morning <laughs> to wake up with Jesus. Yeah. How do people do it who don't have, have a relationship with Christ? I don't get right. it. Where, what? What is the motivation? Right. Why? Why? Uh, my boss is going to be mad if I don't show up at work. I'm not going to be able to buy that new TV. Yeah. What? What is? It? I mean, it, I mean, honestly, I mean, sometimes people don't know why they get yeah. up. You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it's, the relationship with Christ changes everything, and so to share that with others. Um, it, and it, it doesn't. It when you're getting ready to share something, and you're feeling like I'm not equipped. I mean, right. we all feel inadequate. It doesn't sure. matter what it is. I mean, as a mother, as a wife, I feel like I, I don't know what I'm doing. I've been a mom for right. 19 and a half years. I've been married for over 20 now. I still don't get things right. Yeah. No. And, you know, you have younger mothers say, Karen, how do you do this? And you're like, uh, uh, and you have to kind of reflect how, 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 how do, do, I, do I do this? I do this with Christ. I do this with Christ. And, yeah, I tried this and that that really didn't go so well. Yeah, because I didn't, didn't do react it with, so well I didn't that. do it with Christ that time. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we were talking just before the break that oftentimes our first instinct, which I think is a good instinct, is let's invite our friends to Mass. Yeah. Um, but... When we get there and we bring the uninitiated into mass, you know, while it may be beautiful and they may... It touches start, us. Yeah. And they're like, why Whoa. did you kneel? Why did the people put mm-hmm. in their hands in there? And lots of good questions, but the duck can't quite make sense unless you know that this is about an encounter with Christ. And so right. introducing them slowly to Jesus Christ. Um, a good friend of mine, Father Tim Hoig, he's the pastor over at Blessed Sacrament. He uses this image of the swimming pool, right? Okay. That we as fully initiated Catholics, active Catholics, people who are life, enter into the life of prayer and sacramental life, that the Mass really sustains us. It's, it's what we move towards, you know, that Christ draws us to himself in the Mass, and he nourishes us and strengthens us um, each Sunday in, in the Liturgy of the Word and with his body and blood in the Eucharist. And then he sends us forth to, to live in him and share that with others, right? The, the yeah. great sending forth at the end of Mass. He said, but that's the deep end of Catholicism, right? This is the deep end of the mystery of our relationship with God. And he said, um, we wouldn't throw little babies in the deep end and say, hey, good luck. Have fun down there. See if you can make it. No, we don't. So he said, we have to kind of step out of the pool once in a while, right? Yeah. And, And see who's on the fringes of the pool. And we don't want to just push them in. No, we don't want to push them in. So he says, we need to find ways to invite them into what he calls the shallow end. So right? what does that look like? Right. What does the shallow end look like? What might be instances of the shallow end where you can, ha- uh, in, a, in an inviting and simple way, start to introduce people to your life in right. Christ? So, for example, maybe on a, on a Friday night, your family um, gets formed, you know, dot mm-hmm. org and watches some beautiful movie that they have on there. Um, and you say to your neighbors, hey, we're going to watch, you know, this great movie on St. Francis. Or do you want right. to come over to our house? And they're like, mm, no. no. <laughs> okay, no problem. Um, hey, next Sunday, we're going to do, we're going to watch this thing. You want to come over and we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we're having a barbecue. Having a barbecue or whatever. And then you bring up the movie yeah. you watched on Friday about St. Francis. You watched on Friday on St. Francis. And um, maybe, maybe you have, maybe you have a group of, of people in your neighborhood and you, you're going to, you know, you're going to watch these little 
teaching videos that they have from whether that's Ascension Press or from um, Saint the Augustine Institute or from you know from Form.org. All these things are what's really beautiful out for us as Catholics right now is there's so many good Orthodox yeah. materials out there for us to to, to so you use don't ourselves. Have, yeah, you don't have to search no. for it. It's provided for you. Yeah, so these are the ways that maybe we can just start to invite people into our what we already do. What we already do. So what now we do. we've got them in. They've come for a barbecue. We've ate some excellent beef. Yep. We're all about the beef. All about the beef. <laughs> so now we've moved into, we've discussed uh, a video on forum.org. Now they're interested. What's yeah. next? Yeah, so we're building this relationship, right? Because one of the things um, about you know, the world today is while we seem connected, right, through social medias mm, and phone. always on the phone, we're really disconnected. We're finding that our young people and even adults uh, feel lonely, uh, feel a lot of social pressure because they don't get all the likes on, you know, whatever yeah. it is. Um, and so continuing that relationship is most important right now that um, I'm, I, I care about you. I care about your family. So you invest in them. Exactly. You know, and we build that um, relationship with, with others. And so then again, what's the, what, what, what might be a next step? We have, we're developing this relationship as a family and friends are seeing that we do that. We well, might wait. Now it's time to push them into the mass. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. not yet. They might drown Fail. still. They might drown Fail. still. Okay. Um, but we might say, Hey, I'm going to this talk at my parish. Mm-hmm. Do you want to come? Um, it, after the after the break, we're going to talk with one of the women here in Rapid City that leads a beautiful Bible study. Um, maybe that might be the time to say, hey, uh, on Thursday evenings, I go over to my parish and we do this bi- this Bible study. Do you want to come with me? Mm, not yet. But I, I, I keep inviting. I keep asking. Um, do you, do you, uh, do you want to uh, come with me? Right? A lot of times we say, hey, you should go. Yes. You should go to Mass. You should go to Confession. You should go to this Bible study. You should go to this talk. come with me. Right. This invitation, right? Come. Jesus' invitation is always, uh, come, so follow me. I've come to the, I've gone to the Bible study. Let's say Thursday evening, I've gone to the Bible study. Now, I'm coming around and I'm saying, hey, guess what I learned at this Bible study? Mm-hmm. And now I'm just slowly introducing, you know, to the idea of this is what you would experience there. Does that... Is yeah. that a gentler approach? No, exactly. No, that's exactly like if you read a good book or saw a great movie or, yeah. um, you know, you went would recommend some, it. you would say, hey, you got to go to this restaurant. And when you go there, you got to order this. Yeah. Right? And they're like, oh, wow, that's great. We should go to that restaurant. That would yeah. be great. We share those things. Really. Or I just read this great book. You should try it. You say, here, you want to borrow this book? Uh, I don't know. But do we say, hey, I, you know, I just went to this Bible study and we, let me tell you about this. We read in the, actually the apostles the other day. This is isn't that cool? Like, yeah, no, that sounds really that's kind of cool. Yeah, so like sharing those n- everyday experiences of faith, not teaching, right? Not you know um, what we would say was preaching, right? Right. But just saying, just as if I had gone to a great restaurant or saw a wonderful TV show or heard a great speaker, I'm going to tell you about that as my friend, as somebody I care about. This is what I love. Maybe you'll love it too. Right. So it's not the pressure to step up and, and be present, them to be present at that situation. It's just a you sharing it, no different than, like you said, you've gone to a movie. Hey, I went to the Avengers movie. You, you gotta, I'm not going to give you any spoilers, but here's this. Yep. You really should go. Well, in this case, we want to give a few spoilers, but not enough that's going to overwhelm them. 
Now we're ready to push them into the deep end? <laughs> well, you know, one of the keys here is do we have what, I, what we like to call here at the cathedral kind of gateways okay. to the community of faith? You know, and a couple gateways that we consider is when we have the Alpha program. Right? And the Alpha program is like a 10, 11 week program of, of engaging people with Christ more directly in a, in a, an, in a friendly, unthreatening environment. Yeah. Um, it's a meal, it's a short video, then it's a table conversation. Eventually it kind of leads from Christ uh, to the power of the Holy Spirit, to life of prayer. And by the time, do they want more of this? Right? They have the opportunity to want more of that. So now what's they're in the a next larger step? community. Next step for many of them is to go back to Alpha, maybe, right? Okay. To do it again and maybe lead a table group. Some of them will move into the RCIA program, the Rite of Christian oh, Initiation for so Adults. Now we're getting closer to that deep end. Now we're moving them slowly, deeper and deeper. And in the RCIA, of course, that includes now an introduction to the liturgical life of the church, right? Here they start to experience the liturgy of the word throughout RCIA. They start to experience some of the blessings and prayers and devotions and now we start to give them the Mass and the parts of the Mass and how they may encounter Christ in, those, in the sacramental life. So I think that the formula which you've presented, a step-by-step introduction, if you will, to how we can bring people from our, our uh, mission field into communion with the Church or back into or for the first time, is an opportunity. It's such a slow, gentle slope into the deep end that, that they have a chance to have the Holy Spirit work with them. Right. And we've not taken that opportunity away by just throwing them into the Mass. Yeah, and I think, you know, we have to be patient with God and know that He wants their yeah. salvation. He wants their peace. He wants their joy more than we do. Um, and so let that unfold in a very natural, beautiful but also a supernatural way. And it's it's really not that overwhelming. No. Karen, thank you. This is a great conversation. I, we can't say enough about how we might grow in our capacity to be it's honest amazing. evangelists. So thank you. Well, I think what's really neat is that we didn't necessarily try to set up Shauna for the next interview, but we really did set up for our next interview without really knowing it. So up next, we're going to talk with Shauna about an opportunity to dive deeper into the scriptures. So stay here with us on Real Presence Live. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> 